community is immune to the dangers of substance use and addiction. Within the Menominee tribe, we've all seen the impacts firsthand. That's why we need to talk about it as we join together to bring this problem out in the open. In this podcast, we'll focus on education, highlight resources that are available, talk about initiatives underway to deal with this public health threat, and smash stereotypes that we all have about addiction. The Talk About It podcast is an initiative of the Menominee Indian Drug Addiction and Intervention Team with your hosts, Sheena and Gary. Police and the legal system are trained to handle emergency and non-emergency situations related to opioids. They are the front line, so they see it all. They're also part of collaboration efforts to reduce the impact these drugs are having on the community. This episode will discuss how our police approach opioid-related situations, as well as what programs and process our legal system takes. Today we are joined by guest Keith Sherlock, Chief of Police. Welcome. Hi. Um, do you want to introduce yourself? Well, I'm uh, Keith Tortolot, Sr., um, elected Chief of Police. This is my third term um, as Chief of Police for the Nominee Indian Tribe, and uh, it's a four-year term. Okay. So what is the Tribal Police view of the opioid crisis on the reservation? Well, we've always had a drug problem that we've been dealing with. So, you know, some 30 years ago or so, the first time I was chief of police, we were dealing with cocaine and other things. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we've always been trying to find a way to resolve the issues. But what makes things worse um, than what it had been is the fact that we went into COVID, we... um, took all the jobs away, basically, um, sent people home, closed offices down, shut schools down, and then set up a curfew. Mm-hmm. And then um, people got prescribed opioids for all of their medical conditions, and so we started seeing a dependency, a drug dependency that hadn't really been this severe. Mm-hmm. Um, and... At a certain point in time, the op- the opioids um, were also mingled with fentanyl, and fentanyl is the killer, mm-hmm. um, and that's what began making everything tragic. Yeah. Um, so it, it, it's always been a bad situation. COVID made it worse. Um, the prescription of opioids made it worse. Um, because the community was sh- shut down, basically, and the economy was shut down, and schools were shut down, and and then um, so here we are trying to find a way to reverse what occurred. So, so I wanted to say it's like it's really, 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 really bad because <laughs> it is. I <laughs> yeah. mean, it, it's yeah. horrible. Mm-hmm. Um, so when a call comes in about a potential overdose, how did the police handle that situation? Well, we, we handle it like a medical situation. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we will respond, and the ambulance is usually also paged out at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, we will arrive at a scene, try to make it safe. Um, and then once we have the scene safe, then we bring the ambulance in so that they can provide whatever treatment or care or so forth, and then they're transported to... Uh, theater care for medical clearance and so forth. 
if we are able to find things at a scene, um, we will write it up, mm -hmm. um, make a referral, or depending on whether the person has uh, a prior criminal, um, then there may be arrest, an arrest following that. Mm -hmm. um, but it all depends on the scene. Okay. So. Can you walk us through the legal system for someone arrested for substance abuse, specifically with opioids like fentanyl? So if there, so, so we have a, a, a program um, for kind of like first-time or early offenders, mm -hmm. uh, Kikasik. Um, so if they're brought in, um, brought in for opioid or those kind of offenses, um, associated offenses, um, they, they usually look at trying to stay the prosecution and put them in the program. And if they are successful in the program, then um, the charges are dropped and so forth. So they do have an alternative to the actual prosecution. And there is a board or a committee that I also sit on with the judge and uh, probation and so forth. And we go over those cases and try to figure out ways to help them get treatment and counseling and so forth. So there is an alternative to uh, adjudication. What challenges and impacts do you see when it comes to fighting this health emergency? The biggest challenge really is is that um, trying to find a way to help them. It's, it's extremely frustrating finding funding for treatment, trying to get uh, help if they end up in jail right away. First of all, if they get Narcan, um, they go into their own withdrawals almost immediately, and so they're, they're looking for that next high immediately. So it, that's why they're taken to theater care and so forth, but we also want to look at trying to get other services into the jail and that type of stuff. And so we've been kind of struggling um, trying to get the clinic to do some things and, and, and so forth. We've been making some headway with that, but it's still kind of risky. Um, I think, it, is it Yache Talak? So, yeah, I don't know how to pronounce it. <laughs> I thought I was going to figure out how to pronounce Space Center. But <laughs> um, so that program uh, existed when I first came in as chief of police in February uh, 2021. And the very first time I went to an overdose, they had one of the crisis workers there and I didn't ask immediately, but I was kind of like afterwards, I said, well, who was that person? Because mm -hmm. I'm not used to non-law enforcement, non-emergency medical, and so that person was from this program. Mm -hmm. um, the program's no longer funded, and in fact, that person now, as well as others who were in that program now, they have moved over to the family services area, uh, some of the other areas of the department providing services in different directions, or they've joined law enforcement. Um, it was, it's beneficial that the idea was is to have someone that would be able to come with us and then follow up or follow through with the individual uh, to try to help them to get services. And in fact, truthfully, that that program now has changed. It no longer exists the way it is, but we, in the last year and a half, we've been trying to develop a program called METCAP. 
And that program is about basically that, providing uh, coaches and so forth uh, for individuals who may want to get help and then they're walked through that process. And in that program, it, there's the understanding um, that that there's going to be some failures, that you are going to trip, that that's part of that addiction process. The, the, the fentanyl is so severe in its addiction that it's almost a, it, 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 it's a very hard battle for them. So we want coaches to follow them, follow through with them, and that program's not quite ready yet to be completely unveiled to the community. Mm-hmm. But that, I think, is the the evolution of this whatever, how you yeah, pronounce yeah, it. Yeah, it's a dog. Yeah, it's a dog. Yeah, I think. Kukasic, is that Kukasic, what? Kukasic, okay. So that's the program that I was talking about where it's like the first time or early offender oh, okay. uh, for drug-related offenses. And so they're, they're put on, they're, their charges are postponed and they're allowed to go into this program and they have to go through certain counseling sessions, mm-hmm. family sessions, so forth, that they can get into treatment. Uh, we accept that treatment for them. Mm-hmm. We want to change it to um, for individuals that, that are into deeper addiction mm-hmm. because we're finding truthfully that that um, it, it, people have been used to the addiction process or because of the opioid situation and the COVID situation, that trying to limit it to just new offenders or that type of stuff, that that's probably not the best way, that we should just open it up. So, yeah. But that's a chief justice decision, and mm-hmm. there, there is a steering committee with that. So. Okay. <clears throat> The tribal police are a part of the tribe's um, drug addiction intervention team, or collaborative effort. Uh, can you talk about your role in that? Uh, through the the DAT meetings, we've 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 caused other meetings to happen. So, the drug addiction team meets twice a month, and it's generally like a couple hours on that Monday. Um, and then from that meeting, we will hold other meetings. So, for instance, uh, one of the things that we looked at was drug-endangered children. That rule or that policy or that protocol was written for clandestine labs for meth and that kind of stuff, but we no longer have those labs. There's no need for those labs because of the fentanyl. Um, so nobody goes through the danger of doing the labs anymore. Um, so... Essentially, the drug and de- that we're, it's called DEC, and so we look at the policy and try to make determinations. So if we go into a house and we make an arrest into a house, we bring juvenile justice workers with us, and then those workers will take those children and have them tested and so forth at theater care and then provide uh, counseling our services and, and those types of things for them, as well as housing does some additional tests for those homes. So that that's one area that we've had meetings about to improve that process, um, the drug-endangered process. The other one has been about juveniles and the process of juveniles in and of itself. Uh, the juvenile code is a, regular, uh, a relatively young code, 
And so we were finding um, issues um, with being able to get treatment for children as we move forward with the tribe's interest of, of invoking its, its sovereign authority or sovereign ability. There's been some misunderstanding about whether or not that included mental health and AODA-related things, and so we continue to have meetings about those as well and trying to make sure that we get those services move forward. Um, we call them gap analysis, and it helped us to actually work with the juvenile team more closely, and we hold regular Monday meetings or Tuesday, depending if there's a holiday, every week, and we go through the whole weeks, all of the juvenile cases for that week to determine whether or not there are some gaps and whether or not we can provide better services. That came as a result of the drug team. Okay. What are the successes that, are, that you're seeing from this? So... What we have seen is, is that, so our EM1s, emergency medical conditions, a person who feels they need help and are asking for help, they're suicidal, those have reduced greatly um, mm-hmm. since the drug team has come into, into play. Mm-hmm. Um, we had been, you know, I want to say around 30 EM1s in years past, Every mm-hmm. EM1 takes an officer away from normal patrol for at least um, a dozen hours, and it can be up as much as 24 hours depending on the dependency and so forth. Yeah. Um, so uh, we, we've seen a reduction in, in the EM1s. Mm-hmm. We've also, though, seen an increase in our drug cases, mm-hmm. um, simply because we started focusing on them more and mm-hmm. are, are more aware of them. Um, we haven't seen as many deaths. In fact, we thought we were making some pretty good headway up until recently when we had a few deaths and a few overdoses. Mm-hmm. Um, it was kind of a shock to us because we thought we were, we were doing pretty good. So we were, through our, uh, our medical services and so forth, we've been getting the Narcan out in the community and, and people have been able to uh, revive themselves and so forth with the Narcan. And the whole hope there was is that, well, at least we can save their life now and we can try to find a way. Unfortunately, what's happening is is that they'll Narcan themselves or somebody will Narcan them when they're next to them, and then they'll call the police. Mm -hmm. Then by the police, by the time the police get there, they're running from us. Mm. And at that point, you can't arrest because they've overdosed because that's not illegal. um, And people go, well, why why do you not chase them? Well... It's not that we're not chasing them, but remember, it's not illegal for Mm -hmm. what they did, and we can't throw them on the ground and draw their blood to determine how much possession they have. Sure. So, um, but we've we've seen, I I think in in the 30 years that I've been with law enforcement, I've never seen such a strong leadership as this this drug team has pulled together. it's probably, you know, you have the clinic, you have uh, Manasekia, uh, legal department, uh, uh, 
sometimes the judges come, uh, law enforcement. You have so many different factions that sit at the table to try to address the issues that this this uh, opioid crisis is causing. So mm-hmm. I, the, the activity has been pretty good, though it, it has been very tiring. So. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if that answered your question. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, do you have anything else you'd like to add? Well, like I say, you know, I, I think that every family in this reservation has been affected one way or another. You know, I, I know myself, I, you know, I have a few kids that, I mean, it, we're scared as a community. We don't know who's going to be next. Um, fentanyl is the killer, and and once you become addicted with it, it's it's not like you can just say, oh, I'm standing at the edge of a cliff and I'm not going to jump off because it's not you. It's the drug that's making you jump off. Mm-hmm. And we understand that. Um, and hopefully somewhere along the line, we can find a way to get these people help and treatment. But the thing is, is that they have to want to the help mm-hmm. because everything we do is fruitless Um, because you can't make them Mm -hmm. you know you can't imprison them you can't throw them in jail you it and the thing about fentanyl is it it doesn't know race it doesn't know economy it doesn't know society it doesn't know any of that all it knows is that it has a control of your body and your brain and it'll kill you if it can Thank you for listening to the Talk About It podcast. For more information on addiction or substance use, as well as recovery resources, please contact the Manosakia Wellness Center at 715-799-3835, the Menominee Tribal Clinic at 715-799-3361, or the Menominee County Human Services at 715-799-3861. Recovery coaches are also available 24-7 by calling 715-972-3280. The Talk About It podcast is produced by the Menominee Tribal Communications Department.